poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of Tactical Tuesday. Today's hand breakdowns are going to be to trap or not to trap. That is the question, very Shakespearean. I'm Coach Brad Wilson, the host of Chasing Poker Greatness, founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, all that jazz. John, what's up, sir? Welcome to the show. What's going on? Uh, brought in a couple hands today where... Um, I made very, very good hands uh, on the river and really only had the question of whether it was better to check or, or it's better to check or it's better to just go for value ourselves. Um, both of these hands, uh, yeah, I, I just I wasn't sure which option, which line would be better. And so what I have uh, to ask you about today. <laughs> Did you say Broughton? Is that, I think that's... You I, didn't brought, say bro- brought- I didn't say Broughton. I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's already been broughten. Okay. Um, so since you brought in these hands, let's look at this this king queen first. And then after the break. What's the hand that you have after the break? I know King Ace Queen. King. Oh, Ace King. You've leveled up. One yeah, move, yeah. We're moving up to the Ace King after the King Queens. This is King Queen suited too. It's not the the old King Queen offsuit that we usually punt the thousand dollars off with. Yeah, I feel it. If we look at it based on ratio, though, you know, we got three to one offsuit to suited. So maybe variance is just yeah. kicking in and hey, hey. we'll have a bunch of king queen suiteds now. <laughs> um, cool. So let's dive into this hand. Hand number one. We're playing three handed. Uh, looks like John has let the blinds go through him without reloading or so. You've got about 97 big blinds. Uh, the button opens to 25. Looks like they are a reg playing about 110 big blinds. You three bet to 11 big blinds with the king-queen suited. I think we can safely say nothing to talk about here. Yep. And now you get four bet from oh. the the button. Tell me about that. Eh, still think there's a spot where there's not much to talk about. Not going to do anything other than just call with king-queen suited every single time the spot comes up. I think his four bet sizing is pretty good. Um yeah, for the podcast listener, they four bet to two forty-five. So John goes ahead and calls with his king and his queen. There is now four ninety-five in the pot. John has seven thirty behind, so SPR is a little bit more than one. We get a flop of ace queen nine with the ace of diamonds to reinform the podcast listener. John has the king queen of diamonds here. So you check, and the villain bets. What is that? Like a quarter? Yeah, just Answer. about a quarter pot. I think that's, again, the size that I would expect the regs in this pool to be using. Um, basically, this villain has done nothing to change my opinion that he's anything but a pretty decent-looking reg. Yeah, I mean, quarter pot, four-bet pot, everything's pretty standard up to this point. Yep. Uh, with middle pair here, Really only have one option. Yeah. I mean, even that one option kind of, yeah. I mean, obviously we're not folding backdoor flush draw, backdoor straight draw, middle pair. 
uh, to Quarter Pot, but I'm already sort of not loving it. And, you know, like the ways, <laughs> unless the turn is a queen, I, I still think like I'm, nev I'm never going to be like loving my hand. I think it's hard for the button um, to find four bet bluffs that don't include an ace. Um, I think like just the most standard reg uh, four bet bluff is ace 10 offsuit. And then, um, you know, some players will mix in hands like king five suited and king four suited. But yeah, uh, I'm not loving the swap uh, at all. Um, I think if I do have the best hand, what I'm praying for is that it just gets checked down most of the time. Well, and like he just has jacks or something. If there's one thing I'm proud of after a year of private coaching with you, it's that you don't hate it, but you're calling. And so that's yeah. nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're over the days of like hating it and hating it so much that you fold. Now it's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, back in whatever. the day, I would have been like, well, I can't, I don't know if I can call a turn or river. So I'm just going to fold now. Yeah. And for the listener, you know, you need to get to the turn in the river to make those decisions. You can't just uh, wave the white flag too early. Basically, like I'm looking at the pot odds. John needs 17% plus equity to continue. There's not a world where he doesn't have that. You know, that's that's the downside of villain using the quarter pot sizing is that, you know, they all we always have great odds to continue. So, yeah, nothing to do other than, you know, close your eyes, grit your teeth and call. Yep. Uh, quite the turn, though. Yeah, so... This is one of the turns that I was actually very, very happy to see. Um, I, like, I'd feel so uncomfortable if I improved to a king. Like I said, like a queen was like really what I was like rooting for. But the ten of diamonds is ten or jack of diamonds. Uh, definitely a great, great card for my range or my hand. If um, you know, if I am behind the value region of of the buttons range, um, this is one of the ones that one of the hands that like gives me the most complete, most number of cleanouts uh, versus the button strong hands. Yeah, it's kind of interesting here. Like, do we just, I guess we just check and call all in? Is that, is that your plan? Yeah, yes. Uh, that's, I, I'm guessing that that's what I would have done. And again, like, kind of like the flop, I would not have loved it. It's just, I don't know. We're, I feel like I'm kind of hoping to beat like a hand like Jax that's bluffing. Um, that's like decided to turn their hand into a bluff on the turn, maybe. Like, I have, like, like I said, it's like I have good equity, but I've never, I'm like rarely going to have the best hand. Or, yeah, for the you're gonna have like overwhelming amounts of equity. I mean, yeah, but you got a royal draw, you know? What can you do? <laughs> yeah. We got a royal draw. Um, for the podcast listener, there's 606. John has 606 remaining. There's 742 in the pot. Um, John checks, and the villain mercifully for John ends up checking behind. Um, so John gets a chance to realize equity, may have the best hand. And we realize some equity. We get the tray of diamonds on the river. Uh, and now this is really the crux of the hand. Tell me what were your thoughts here when you river the nut flush as it relates to like, you know, betting for value, checking, like what was going through your mind? Yeah, so I think there are two kind of two different ideas, two different things that I'm thinking about on this river. One is now that the button has checked back, what does his range look like? Is it going to be like, I don't know, in my mind, I thought like, gonna be like a decent number of hands like pocket jacks pocket kings and then a handful of traps that i don't know i guess like hands like sets and like i don't know if people like pot controls with like ace king and decides to like check back turn sometimes with that sort of hand i don't think pot control is like the right language here because yeah 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 the pot yeah. is the pot is already out of control at this point like it, it would be checking back more on the turn to like 
have more hands to call the river jam with. Right, right. Um, so that's the first thing I'm thinking about. The second thing that I'm thinking about is, I mean, obviously I do want to bet like my exact hand, but when I get to this uh, river in this manner with this sort of run out, um, I was really, really struggling to find hands that I would want to bluff. Let me river. play devil's advocate here. Yeah. Should, should villain even have a range that wants to bet the turn? Like, should he have a hand in his entire range that really wants to bet this turn? I, I mean, I guess like in a format pot, he's going to have reduced number of combos. But like, when you start betting like your ace queens in your sets, like you're, when you check back, you're just going to have a lot of nothing. Like yeah. very, very, very often. My suspicion is like if you check back here and you bet all your sets on the turn, that you're just overfolding to the river to the stop and go on the river. Yeah. So you know. I think that there's like a an argument that can be made to check back like uh, sets of queens, sets of nines. Um, those I guess set, nine's not going to four bet pre, but sets of queens and ace queen specifically. I think it you know if villain has like jacks, you do let them realize some equity, but then they also have an opportunity to bluff on the river, right? Like with their jacks, which is like a thing that I think jacks may do, considering it's one of the weaker hands that you make it to the river with, because I, I don't think you have many natural bluffs either. Yeah. And that was my problem on the river. Um, just to go back again, just to like whether the villain should be, uh, how the villain should be deciding whether to trap or to, I guess like at their sets. I think like one reasonable way to do it is like when you have Queens with a diamond or ACE King with the King of diamonds, those sorts of hands, ACE Queen with the Queen of diamonds, maybe. Um, I mean, it's a reasonable way to do it, but I don't think that that's like very precise really just using the the diamond is like the differentiator. Yeah, but like in this case, you can see why that like playing that sort of strategy makes sense, I think. And maybe we're just like, you know, Well, in this case because you have, have the have like the hands, but Yeah, you have the king queen of diamonds specifically. In this case, I think it makes a lot of sense, but like in general, I don't know that you have a ton of like diamond combos. Really? I I feel like I get I mean, I'm just going to peel the most of the hands that peel the Orbit are going to be suited hands or pairs. So on this board, how many combos of backdoor diamonds do you have that are not the king queen of diamonds? Yeah, that's <laughs> that are like, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna have like king queen of diamonds, king jack of diamonds, uh, not jack ten anymore. Um, king, king jack of diamonds is a straight now, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what, okay, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. what are we? We're protecting against one combo of like. A flesh draw that you know, diamonds, yeah. that doesn't beat us already. So that's not that's not a big reason to bet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're also com- I mean, if that's like if that's the hand that you think you're you're the only hand that you're you think that you're protecting against. I guess you're also I don't know if this adds anything, but you're also protecting against gut shots and diamonds. Pretty much yeah, every maybe. time, I assume, or at least a gut shot and a diamond. Well, yeah. If you're protecting against a gut shot, then like I guess the question is like does that hand that has a gut shot turn itself into a bluff on the river? That's going to yield a lot more fruit, letting them bluff with those hands than protecting against them realizing equity. So like that's sort of the, the crux of the issue. Okay. So anyways, just to get back to like the two things that I was thinking about on the river, the first thing, like I said, was uh, what sort of range I can now assign to the villain. And then the second thing that I uh, was just bringing up was that I felt that I didn't have very many hands that I wanted to bet for value on this river. And I don't have, I just couldn't think of very many bluffs once the ten of diamonds and the three of diamonds completes the completes the board. So, well, let's to the spot where I decided to 
trap mostly because I think, or decided to check mostly because I couldn't think of, I didn't think that this was a spot where I had many, if any, bluffs. Um, I don't know if that's a good reason to check, though, especially in an anonymous game. So let, for the podcast listener, let me replay the board here because uh, I took us, took us in the weeds a little bit, so it might be easy to get lost. The final board is Ace of Diamonds, Queen of Spades, Nine of Clubs, Ten of Diamonds, Tray of Diamonds. So John Rivers, the Nut Flush, there's 600 in the pot. I think exploitatively, in an anonymous pool, I would just block the river. Uh, I think like you don't like you said you don't have many natural bluffs you don't have any bluffs really like any pure bluffs I I can't imagine on this board because a ten connects like you know jack ten king jack um, king ten suited all those hands are like a pair so really in order to have bluffs you kind of need to be turning a pair into a bluff right I don't think villains in population do that enough and, and so like if I'm going to choose a sizing I would choose a block sizing like one twenty five or so on the river. Uh-huh. Uh, and really with your specific hand, I like the block sizing just because we can induce, um, we can indu- induce shoves with like jacks, I think, or Kings can viably shove the river just because like versus that size, Jax is going to recognize it probably has almost zero showdown equity Realize that like, Oh, I've got a bunch of sets and like traps that check back the turn. So let's just kind of go for it on the river. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, same, same thing for Kings as well. I think one thing that I like, another thing that I just did a poor job of on the river was like, when I said that I like, I am now like assigning a more specific range to the button. Once he checks back versus the range that I assigned to him, I, I need to like put money in on the river. Cause those hands are not putting money in on the river, like pocket Kings, pocket Jacks. Like, I don't know if he ace five suited. Yeah. Ace five suited, back. Or if he, if he ever formats even hands like ace eight suited, like, I don't think that's like that unreasonable. Like those hands are not putting money in on the river, uh, extra money in on the river. And like I said, like that's that's what I thought like most of his range was. But then I kind of panicked and and like just overrode that with the fact that I I don't have very many bluffs. So yeah, there's just kind of like two competing things on the river that sort of each both of each of those like sort of pushed me in 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 opposite directions. Well, we know that villain almost certainly has some showdown value here on this board, like it would be very, it'd be pretty rare for them to have like zero showdown value, I imagine, mm-hmm. um, on this board in this spot. So like you said, if they have value, like that's another positive to the block is like if they have value, like ace-queen, ace-queen shoving versus the block. Like yeah. they're jamming for value. So like we don't miss anything there. I, I think that like if villain has, you know, ace-jack suited or ace-jack off or something like that, they just decide to four bet with in position pre, that would be pretty sad to just let them check back like ace right. jack and get right. the showdown right so yeah i i would block but we get uh you know john he's living the pure life this week on tactical tuesday john gets the jam on the river uh i'm gonna guess that you don't fold the nuts did here not, did not fold that's good that's good yeah. doing well uh, and um <laughs> villain shows up with uh checking back a trapped top set on the turn. So they flopped aces full. And I think that like knowing that they check back top set or not aces full, they just three aces. John does have the nuts and wins a pot. But yeah, knowing that they check back aces, does that lend any credence to the, the fact that they are probably checking back range on the turn? Yeah. I think this like just seeing the type of hand that he checked back on the turn really drives that home 
that like, yeah, like this is a spot where like, even like I should be considering like, oh, maybe I should check back range on this, you know, on these runouts on this turn in, in, a, in a four bet pot. And that like, uh, yeah, just like for, further kind of solidifies like my read that uh, the button is probably a very, very solid reg. Well, I mean, if you have like king queen of say, say you have king queen of diamonds in the reverse of tray of spades, right? Yeah. You may think about jamming. Like you may consider turning your queen into a bluff on the river, right? right? Um, for all the reasons that we said before. So really interesting hand. Way to suck out. Way to go runner, runner, flush, John. See, that's why we that's why we uh, grit our teeth and call the flop when we're drawing very close to dead um, because sometimes you get there. Yeah. It's funny, like kind of a little, a little emotional roller coaster on the river. When I checked and he jammed, I'm like, yeah, I'm a genius. And then he flips <laughs> over top set. I'm like, okay, never mind. <laughs> Uh, all right man so good hand we're gonna go one step up in the next hand with an ace king offsuit and uh so stick around another big pot brewing stick around after the break me and john will catch you then you've survived pre-flop boot camp you've shot the fish in a barrel now prepare yourself for the feeding frenzy. A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data-driven hero bluffs, light call-downs, and perfect value bets that are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding Frenzy. Available now at ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Feeding Frenzy. All right, welcome back to this week's Tactical Tuesday. Still with John here. John, now you have a different hand. You've got an ace and a king of different suits. So why don't you break down the action of this hand for both the listener and the audience watching on YouTube? Sure. So button, reg, opens to $20. Um, I have ace of spades, king of diamonds, and the big blind. This is going to be... A pure three bet for me versus uh, if we're 100 big blinds effective and the button opens 20, I'd be three betting to $90, but we are uh, about 130 big blinds effective. So I size up a little bit to 100. I think I could be sizing up more. Um, <laughs> this is funny. This is something that I talked about with Brad like before this recording that like after a certain depth, um, I've become like very unsure of like even things like preflop sizings. Um, this is a spot where like, yeah, if someone told me like, ah, actually you, you should probably be three betting even larger to like 120 or something like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I did like the, the symbolic size up by one big blind. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we sized up to the one hundo, uh, for the podcast listener, we're 1300 deep. Uh, so we're actually 135 big blinds deep, give or take a little bit. And Villain calls on the button, and we get a pretty good flop. We get the Ace of Hearts, King of Spades, Tray of Hearts. So we flop top two pair. Uh, John starting out with what looks to be a 30% size bet. Pretty standard. Yep. yep. I think, um, well, okay. Yeah, this is going to be standard for me on on this type of board texture. I think like, oh, not, not I think, I'm like pretty sure that if you ran this in like through a solver, this would be a board texture that the solver would probably advocate for like a big bet slash check strategy. Don't think this would be one where you'd bet range. Um, but 
I've just simplified my flopsy betting strategy on these sorts of boards to be betting range. Um, I think if, again, if we're like 100 big blinds deep, I probably would have sized my C-bet slightly smaller and, and bet like a quarter pot. But given that we started, uh, or given that we're, we're pretty deep, even when we get to the flop, uh, I decided to size up to a third. Yeah, we got the symbolic 10 extra dollars post-flop too. Maybe 15, 1.5 BBs. We're going the symbolic a, a little bit bigger uh, in <laughs> at this depth. Uh, so villain calls and the turns of six of hearts. So we get a flush completing turn. There's 338 in the pot. The villain has 1.1K behind. Uh, tell me about this flush completing turn. You end up checking, but talk to me about it. Yeah, I think this turn, I play flush completing turns pretty differently uh, depending on whether I'm in position or out of position. I think when I'm out of position, I generally play a little bit more passively and cautiously on flush completing turns. Um, so a hand like, you know, ace of spades, king of diamonds, I think in position, uh, if I was in position with this hand and, and the, plan had played out, the hand had played out similarly, I would be pretty happy to bet the turn. But when I'm out of position, I think there's just, a lot more bad things that can happen. For example, getting raised when you're out of position um, is like significantly more painful than, than when you are in position. And then um, I think the in position player can just much, much more easily find like traps or slow plays uh, given that they're in position. So just because you, you know, you bet the, the turn and you don't get raised doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have a flush. So I check this hand. Uh, I could be again, like another small, like suit, related strategic variation i think like a, a reasonable uh way to think about this spot could be to check hands that have like ace of spades and the king of hearts um, or ace x with the king of hearts and check those hands and bet you know these types of hands that don't have as much protection uh on uh, versus a heart river but yeah i do decide to check and i think this is just probably what i'll be doing the vast majority of vast majority of the time you mean with your entire range? So what do you do with yeah. flush flushes on the turn and your sets? You're just checking full range on the flush completing turn? Yeah, I think I would just check pretty much everything. One can make the argument that with the SPR being what it is, it looks to be like a little bit more than three. You're at risk with ace-king no matter what you do. Like whether you check or bet, if Villain has a flush, he's probably going to get stacks in and there's really yep. nothing that you can do about it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and if that's the case, like if I'm just planning on calling down, like calling a big bet on the turn and calling a, you know, a jam on the river, maybe I should just be betting myself and like getting some value from hands that might not do that, that are worse than mine. And, and, uh, you know, getting some protection from like ace with, you know, some kicker that has a heart. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I'm inclined to bet the turn here with, yeah. with your, you know, all the hands that you're continuing with basically, I, I maybe, it's hard to structure range like when we're not simplifying, right? Like it's hard to structure like have enough checks so that we're not uh, overfolding versus um, you know when we check and villain stabs. So yeah, it's a bit complicated here. I think checking range is probably going to be the preferred way to go now that I think about it. But I do think you're at risk. So like I, I think that like if villain wants to get stacks in, they're going to get stacks in. And I would probably rather just check everything so that like I have a pretty well-protected checking range here than you know, split my range by betting some and checking some, because I think that's going to be a lot harder to manage. So yeah, I, I think that like checking here is very reasonable and the villain goes ahead and checks back. Uh, that, that is 
the major problem with checking is that like when villain has like ace jack with the jack of hearts ace queen with the queen of hearts whatever king queen with a heart basically any hand that has a flush draw they're just going to try to realize equity by checking back the turn maybe you get some bets from like queen jack with the queen of hearts if they call a three bet with queen jack offsuit or even like queen jack of clubs or queen jack of spades jack ten of spades queen ten of spades the gut shots that had a backdoor flush draw that now want to bluff on a uh, flush completing turn i think that's pretty reasonable so yeah I, i've talked myself into checking with range here on the turn nice <laughs> no more work ever about being at risk or now i'm happy to be at risk i guess <laughs> yeah now now you're thrilled at being at risk because the river is the king of clubs so for the podcast listener the final board ace king three six with the ace six three of hearts and then the king of clubs so john has a full house which is pretty indestructible unless villain has a set of aces which they should probably never have so we're feeling pretty good and now you have another situation here on the river uh do we bet or do we check yeah, uh, so I decide to check. I can just walk you through my kind of my my reasoning. Um, again, like what I'm thinking about here is like the type of range that the button decides to check back on the turn. Um, I think when the button checks back the turn, it's sort of a like an indication that they have some sort of showdown value. Like you said, I would expect like queen jack of clubs or queen jack of spades, ten jack of clubs, ten jack of spades to stab the turn quite frequently. Unfortunately, I would also expect flushes to be betting the turn quite frequently as well. Um, so we can also eliminate some, some pretty good hands, I think, from from the buttons range. But aside from those hands, I think the other hands that he has are um, Ace X, King X, the occasional slow played flush, and then the occasional like Jack Ten Queen Jack that he doesn't decide to stab on the turn. Um, I thought that like every single one of those hands, except for maybe weak weaker ace x like maybe a hand like ace five of clubs that where the kicker doesn't even play like those hands are likely to check back but every other category of hand i think is going to put money in on the river right i think so i don't know if it's good to do it or not like i, I think that's sort of a, you know that's more of a strategy construction standpoint you know this is one of those spots where like Basically, when you're devoid of having the nuts and, and like villain ha always has the nuts, you always have to ask yourself a question on the river. If you're playing against smart, strong opponents, do I want to open the action up when I don't have the nuts in my range um, or not? Because if you do, you're kind of asking for it, I think. Uh, so basically, I, I guess the question is like, do you go for thin value with a hand like ace, queen, ace, jack, ace, 10, I think king, queen and king, jack. Those hands probably much more inclined to go for thin value because that leaves fewer combos of ace king. But you know, you still you, basically the problem is when you check back the turn, like you have very few flushes, you have almost no boats, and now you're opening the action against a villain that does have all the flushes and does have all the boats, and that's just very problematic for you. Yeah, would, would just would you bet the river with a hand like ace jack or ace queen? No, you would no. not. Wow. Okay. I've learned my lesson. I have <laughs> learned my lesson from many years of being super greedy and thin value betting these spots and recognizing that like these villains are strong enough to go for the check raise and you just don't want to get check raised here. So like the, the amount of money, like the thin value that I gain 
when villain check calls. Um, all that goes right in the shitter as soon as you start getting check raised quite liberally. Yeah, it's funny how at like even at like 200 NL, I think if I was the button in this spot, I would have like happily blocked the river with like ace jack or ace queen and been like, haha, nice. Like I'm gonna try to get this guy to like you know make some crying call with jacks or queens or something like that. Like that part of my game has been completely eliminated. Like at at 1K, where like I don't know if I ever blocked the river in position versus regs anymore. I think I like do it very 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 sparingly now. Whereas like that was just a big big part of my game. Um, you know even up to like a couple months ago. Well, I mean, regs do, you know, regs do a decent job of checking twice with some traps and like, because they know that you're going to bet thinly for value and reopen the action. And they also know that like, when you check back the turn, you cap your range. And then we have this perception uh, of like, well, the button check back the turn. So now they've capped their range and like, are we just going to fold everything in our range facing a check jam? Uh, and then you end up like putting in a whole stack with a hand like ace, jack or ace queen. And then all of a sudden you feel like an idiot when villain just turns over the nuts. Um, so basically like, like I said, you know, the value of getting value here with a hand like ace, jack goes down as you start getting check raised more and more frequently. And then the value of just, Realizing your equity and getting the showdown goes dramatically up the the stronger the, the players that you face. So, um, so okay. So knowing that, like it, that, that sounds like what you're advocating for is that like I should have, uh, if you were in my shoes, you, you would have just led the river quite frequently. No, I think it's fine. I mean, basically like can villain control themselves and not value bet? Like, I don't think that like most, I don't think, I think most villains are greedy. Most regs are greedy and you know, they're going to like quote unquote, quote unquote, feel like a nit by checking back with a hand as strong as ace, jack, or ace, queen. So like, you know, pride comes before the fall. And so like, I would bank on, I would bank on people value betting ace, queen, ace, jack more often than checking back. So like, I, I'm on board with your check. Yeah. Uh, I will admit that like, as embarrassing as it is that like, I don't want everyone to see that I check back a hand as strong as ace, queen. Like that, that works its way into like my thought process a lot of the time on the river. It's like, wow, five people are going to see that. Like I like nittily checked back a pretty good hand on the river and you know, they're just going to, I don't know, take advantage of me somehow because of that. And so like, I'm just going to value bet this hand that I'm pretty uncomfortable value betting. Um, right. Because of that. Like, so yeah. yeah. It, it, it's quite hilarious, right? That like, that's your reason to, to value <laughs> bet is like, because you don't want people to see that you're checking back a hand like ace queen or ace jack, right. which is just like, you know, that's pure, like, just ego, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, like, no strategic reason to do, do that other than, like, I don't want to be embarrassed when I turn over my hands. Right, which in, in poker, not a good reason to do anything. And so, like, I, I would just play into that, though, just because, like you said, like you just said, the emotions driving the action, I think are going to drive them to value bet more often than not, and that's just really good for us. So they do value bet. They go ahead and bet 221 on the river into 338, which is like a really big sizing. Yeah, this is beyond greed. This is... Greed would have been blocking the river, I think, like betting like 100. I would, I would, I would be shocked if villain has not a hand like queen Jack, right? Like that, that, those are the type of hands, like this looks like just a pure bluff range bet to me. Because like, or just greed with like king queen. But I mean, yeesh, like this is like 
this spot has one third written all over it. Yeah, I, I was I was a little surprised to see the size too on the river. Um, I thought like I was like in my mind I was thinking oh maybe he did like slow play maybe he does slow play some flushes on the turn or you know he just has king queen here enough of the time uh, to like to go this size. Sort of makes sense. I mean, like King X is going to be probably a, a reasonably large portion of his range that he calls the flop and checks the turn. Although I guess he he probably has an equal amount of ASX that does that. So yeah, uh, I'm with you. I, I I mean, I was happy to see the size, but I don't know that it's uh, should the, be a thing. The best size to use. Yeah. Um. So we jam, which is pretty clear considering we do have the nuts the effect of nuts and villain does call, which is very surprising to me. Like I would, I would have been absolutely floored to get called quickly. Like didn't even use much of their 30 sec, like the initial 30 seconds. I'm pretty sure villain didn't even go into the time bank or I'm, I'm very certain of that. Um, he just seemed like, yeah, nice. I guess. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so the hand that like stands out would be King queen where they yeah. just river trips and they just can't fold, um, to the jam. Uh, but we are very shocked, surprised, and happy to see Ace Queen off for the river call. So it's like a $2,700 pot that goes John's way. Uh, any thoughts on Villain's Ace Queen here? I mean, we pretty much just, uh, we've, we've pretty much buried them, I think, at this point in this river sizing and just. Yeah, I mean, just check back the ace queen is like that's the path. Yeah. Uh so like if I see something like this, like my thought is just that this guy, this specific player, and and may, this might be just true for the pool as a whole. Doesn't give a ton of credit to like river river check raises or like just doesn't believe that like I'm able to protect my like check check range um even close to enough to like justify, you know. Even thinking about calling the jam on the river, like he, he, he like if I had to guess, like I would say, like he was happy to call the river, given how given how quickly he called, which means like he just thinks that I'm like bluffing here, or like I, I have air like a massive amount of the time when I check the turn and check the river and and go for the race, and who knows, like maybe that's that's actually right for the pool, like I, I don't know, like maybe maybe that's maybe that's fine given how people are constructing their ranges. Um, so yeah, I, I would like note that, and then probably just you know, make a mental note to myself that I should not take this line versus him as a bluff. And <laughs> maybe I should trap like a little bit more trap happy uh, uh, on later streets versus the specific player. Well, if you remember a few tactical Tuesdays ago, we talked about my inefficiency and in, like calling river raises. Uh, mm -hmm. I had not done so great on the year. Yeah. And part of the reason why I hadn't done so great were spots like this, where not exactly like this, but like I would thinly value about the river with a small size and just have it in my mind that like I'm inducing some percentage of the time. And like when villains raise, I'm just going to call. Well, I did that and villains just kept having it. <laughs> so, um, my induction, it, it, it didn't seem like my induction was actually inducing. It just seemed like villains were doing a good job of trapping. So like I, I kind of caught on, I was, I played one hand. I can't remember any of the details of it. I just know like on the river, I had a hand that like, historically i would value bet i believe it was like ace jack it was ace jack and uh villain bet the turn i called and they checked me on the river and i checked back the river and villain had river to straight and i remember just yelling into my computer like fuck you you piece of shit like yeah like i felt so great about checking back 
you know, checking back ace jack on an ace high board, just and that's sort of like a thing that I, I just had to incorporate it into my game is like you have to check back some of those hands um, instead of going for thin value when villains are checking and they're they're uncapped and like they've got the nuts and we don't really have the nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that'll do it for this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. John, thank you once again for bringing these hands. And uh, John, you can thank the villain with the ace queen for giving you an $1,100 bonus by thinly value betting the river there. Uh, If you're listening to the pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, appreciate reviewing and subscribing and also checking out youtube.com slash chasing poker greatness. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.